or physical things that affects us. Uh, but the Bible continues to tell us that there's actually a spiritual warfare that's going on. That Satan is continuing to try to attack us with different schemes. And so, therefore, we have to put on these armors. Okay? I want to give you an example of this. Uh, I'm reading a book called Screwtape Letters. Okay? Uh, it's by C.S. Lewis, and it's a novel. But uh, the premise of the book is really interesting because the book is basically going over... It's a basically an advice letter... A letter coming from senior devil giving advice to junior devil on how to um, lure or tempt human beings. Okay. Um, in this book, he talks about how there's a um, uh, he talks about how basically he wants to distract human beings as much as possible. And I want to uh, give you guys an example of this within this letter. One day, as he he sat reading. Hannah, if you could change the setting on this, can you change it? If you don't know how to do it. Okay, one day as he was reading, and uh, he's an atheist. That means he does not believe in God, okay? As he sat reading in the library, I, I saw a train of thought in his mind beginning to go the wrong way. So he's starting to think about big questions of life. Okay, like, is there God? What's the meaning of all of this? As he's reading, okay? So this devil is saying, before I knew where I was, I saw my 20 years of work beginning to totter. Okay? I struck instantly at the part of the man which I had best under my control and suggested that it was just about time he had some lunch. Okay? So he said, oh my goodness, for 20 years I've been trying to tempt him and not trying to make him believe in God. And now he's starting to think about himself. Okay? So he says, okay, I need to attack him with food. At last, I think there must have been his line for which when I, I said, quite. In fact, much too important to tackle at the end of morning. The patient brightened up considerably, and by the time I had added, much better come back after lunch and go into it with a fresh mind. So he's saying, oh, you're hungry right now. Okay, let's get some food into your stomach first, and then have a fresh mind. And then afterwards, then you could start really thinking. Okay? Um, he was already halfway to the door. Let's see what happens. Once he was in the street, the battle was won. I showed him a newspaper shouting the midday paper. So you can see this was written a long time ago when they actually had physical, uh, well, we have physical newspapers now today too. Anyways, uh, a number 73 bus going past by. And before he reached the bottom of the steps of the library, I, ha I had gotten him an unalterable conviction that whatever odd ideas might come into a man's head, when he was just up alone with his books, a healthy dose of real life was enough to show him that all sorts of, that all sorts of things just couldn't be true. He is now safe in our Father's house. Okay? So again, okay, this is obviously fictional, but it's giving us a, a glimpse into, hey, maybe there's a spiritual warfare that's going on. That when somebody tries to think about God or deeper things, it's easier to just distract us. And that's what uh, uh, demon devil over here um, is doing. He's distracting with food and go, oh, you could think about it later. Okay, you could think about those things later. Okay, don't worry about it. And then you forget about it. Okay? So in what ways is Satan attacking you? In what ways has Satan attacked you this week? Okay, so again, it's very important. Again, it's really easy living in 21st century to live without thinking about the spiritual world. 
But the Bible continues to tell us, okay, we need to think about these things. All right. I know, just, it's okay. You don't have to change it. Go, can you go to the slide? <clears throat> We're going to go to our text, Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord. And in His mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then, and we talked about this, with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist, breastplate of righteousness in place, and last week we went over this, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now this week, we're going to go over our next armor. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can exhaust all the flaming arrows of the evil. Okay, so we went over the belt, the breastplate, the sandal or shoes, and now we're going to go over what? The shield of, what is it? Shield of? Faith. So what does it mean? What is shield of faith? So let's first talk about uh, shield first. We have to understand that when Paul was writing this, he's thinking about Roman soldiers. Okay? Uh, in the Roman army, there were three primary types of shield. We we're just going to talk about two. One of them is probably the shield that where most of us are thinking about, which is a personal shield. Okay? Oh, it's a personal shield, so you carry this and you carry your sword as well. Okay? And so you're fighting with this. You're defending on the one hand, and the other hand, you're actually fighting against it. There's another shield, and we, uh, we think that Paul is actually talking about this shield. The next shield is this one, and this one is much, much, much bigger. Okay? Okay? So it has the shape of a door, and then you can see that it really protects not just, again, your arm or this side right here, but it really protects your whole body. And the reason, or when they used it, was for this kind of situations. I'm sure that you, have, you guys have seen movies of uh, Roman soldiers uh, using something like this. Okay, the reason why they're doing that is because they're going through a very, very difficult terrain or very difficult situation. Especially what? Arrows, that's coming their way. And so when Paul is saying, hey, you have to extinguish the devil's arrows, then we go, okay, then Paul is talking about this kind of shield. Okay? Okay. Let's go to the next part. So again, we have the flaming arrows. All right. So next part, uh, what does it mean, flaming arrows of the evil one? Okay? I could give you a long explanation, but I'm going to give you a short one because I want to talk about a lot of other things. Uh, but most scholars think that when it's talking about the flaming arrows of Satan, it's talking about suffering. Okay, it's talking about difficult times. Okay, but specifically, difficult times or suffering that Satan will throw at you. Okay, now, uh, before we continue on with this concept, I'm going to give you different types of suffering. Sometimes we kind of loop them all together when we're talking about suffering. But even within the Bible, there are different types of suffering. Do you guys know that? I'm going to give you guys at least four different ones. Uh, the first one is what we call moral failures. Okay, moral failures. So what that means is I make some kind of mistake. Okay, and because of my mistake, I suffer. 
So it's not because God is making me suffer. It's not because Satan is attacking me. No, it's due to my own failures, my own mistake that I have made. A good example of this is obviously, uh, a good example of this is uh, David, King David, when he uh, decided to kill one of his men and sleep with his wife. Okay, and because of that, there were a lot of consequences for his actions. Okay, another example uh, I could give you guys, I got a phone call a couple, couple years back. This, uh, this, um, she was a student trying to get into um, nursing school. And she said, Pastor, why does God hate me? Why is God doing this to me? And so I was like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get into the school. And I, I was trying to you know, get more information on what happened. And she's basically, she turned in the application link. Okay? She didn't, she didn't turn in the application on time. And because of that, she didn't get in. But again, that, is that God? No, it has nothing to do with God. It's her, again, making a mistake. And because of that, she's suffering because of her mistake. So that would be the first one, moral failure. Uh, second one is what we call moral uprightness. Okay, we don't actually think about this. But if the first one is your bad actions cause you suffering, the second part is that sometimes your good actions can cause you suffering as well. Okay? Jesus talks about this all the time to Christians. He says, expect suffering. When you stand up for my name, you're going to receive persecution. When you stand up for righteousness, people are not going to like you. Okay, good example of this is Daniel. Okay? He's not doing anything necessarily bad, but people are jealous because of him. He's always doing the right thing, and he's getting promotion, and people get jealous. Okay? Or there's persecution that could happen because of your beliefs that you have. All right? Or maybe perhaps uh, instead of lying, you tell the truth. And because of that, your team might hate you or your company might not like you. Okay? So there's suffering that comes your way because of the good things that you do. Uh, a third one is what we call universal. Okay? This is universal suffering. Because we live in a sinful world, there's universal suffering that we go through. Uh, a great example of this is death. Okay? It's not when. Or, sorry, it's not if. It's when. When are we going to die? Okay? So we all experience this. Because of the sin that we have, we live with other sinners, and because of that, we suffer. Okay, and the last one is what we call spiritual. And this is, what, this is the category that we're uh, dealing with here, right? There's times where God actually inflicts suffering onto us, but in, for, for a greater good, right? to correct us, to discipline us. There's times God does that. But there's another one where it talks about where Satan is actually uh, bringing suffering into our lives. Okay? We see that through temptation, and we see that with, um, remember how when Satan was tempting Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days? Okay? He might not have physically attacked him, but he mentally attacked him, spiritually attacked him. Okay? Another example of this is, we clearly see this in the book of Job. Right? Where he actually brings on physical suffering. He actually brings on both, I think. But he brings on physical suffering on this man. And afterwards, he uses Job's friends to physically and spir or spiritually and emotionally attack him as well. Okay? So again, just to say, and this is very important, okay? Because sometimes we loop all of this together, okay? But what we're talking about specifically right now is what we call spiritual attacks on us. And these are what we think are the flaming arrows. 
that Satan likes to throw towards us. Okay? So, how do we actually use the shield of faith when we're going through difficult times, when we're going through struggles, when we are suffering because of what Satan is bringing onto us? Okay, and that's where we're going. Okay? Uh, the first thing we got to understand, again, is not the, the Bible, this text that we have read, it doesn't say if Satan attacks you. Okay? It doesn't say he might attack you, he might not attack you. It says when Satan attacks you, you better put on this shoe. So this is really, really important. I always talk about this when I'm, whenever I'm talking about suffering because there's a lot of Christians that say, I'm really, really suffering a lot. And so once I get in, once I have a relationship with God, or once I become Christian, oh, I'm suffering immune. That means I'm never going to go through suffering anymore. My finances are going to be okay. My relationships is going to be okay. I'm never going to get attacked by the devil. Okay? God loves me too much. He's going to protect me and nothing bad's going to happen. Okay? We like to think that. But that's just not biblical. Okay, again, Paul's not saying if. If you're not a Christian, then Satan's going to attack you. It doesn't say that, right? It says, when you are attacked by Satan. So that's the first thing that we have to think about. Okay? That Christianity, or belief in God, does not prevent suffering. Okay, if anything, I think, becoming a Christian, if anything, Satan's going to attack you even more. Okay, you got to think about that. Think about a war. Okay? Think about, let's say you're, you're, you're in a castle and you have limited amount of time and resources, right? Like arrows. Remember, you're Satan, right? Who are you going to attack? Are you going to attack the soldiers in the back? Like they're just like playing cards and they're not even attacking? Are you going to attack them? No. You don't care about those people, right? Who are you attacking? The soldiers who are coming towards you. The soldiers who are climbing up to your castle. You want to get them. You want to get the active ones. Not the inactive ones. Not the ones that they're just like, oh, what war? You don't care about those people. Okay? So if you think about it again, as Christians, we should expect, we should be not only ready, but we need to expect Satan to attack us. Okay? So that's very, very important. Okay? Before we even get to the shield and everything else, we first have to change our mentality. That just because we're Christians, just because God loves us, that doesn't mean that we're immune to attacks from Satan. And number two is that if you actually become more sincere about your faith, if you actually say, Jesus, I want to lay down my life for you, expect more suffering. Expect more attacks from Satan. Okay? Now, again, this is very important. Because, again, you know how, like, do you guys ever get, like, um, hit from the, what do we call it, fender bender? You ever get hit from a car from behind, right? Like you're maybe at a stoplight and then they, they didn't see you or maybe, you know, through the ice and stuff like that, they, you know, come hit you from the back. Now, if you know that car is coming, at least you can embrace yourself. Is it going to hurt? It's still going to hurt. But it's much better than being hurt when you have no, ex you're not expecting it whatsoever. Does that make sense? And again, that's what the Bible is continuing to tell us. Expect Suffering. Expect attack from Satan. He will get you. The only way you don't want Satan to attack you is lay down and do nothing. Then he doesn't need to attack you. Okay? 
But again, if you want to hold on to your faith, if you are becoming, if you're trying to be a Christian, it's not going to be easy. But also, it's, this is not discouraging, right? Because it says you have all the armor. Okay, so let's talk about this, okay? What does it mean, armor of faith? Let's talk about this. <clears throat> um, actually, before I go to this slide, I'll, I'll show you guys this, this guy later. There's two ways that, um, again, I talked about how Satan is going to try to attack us through difficult circumstances and suffering. Um, I think there's two big ways that Satan really tries to get us. But I think one of the ways, somebody said it like this. Somebody said, most of the suffering that happens to us, 10% is physical, but 90% is really up here, mental. Right? And so even if the worst thing can happen to you, if you're mentally strong or spiritually strong, you can overcome anything. And yet, even if the smallest thing happens to you, if you're mentally not very strong, then what's going to happen? Then you're going to collapse. Okay? And that's why I wanted to show you guys this guy. Um, his name is Nick Vujicic. Okay? As you guys can see, no arms. No legs. Okay? Can you imagine if you were born this way? I mean, I, I can't think of more physically, circumstantially, more difficult uh, circumstance than this. I don't, I don't know. And yet, when I think of who's one of the most like mentally, spiritually strong person, I think of this person. Okay? Again, why? Because everything he says, even though he's in the worst circumstances, he's like, my life is good. You know what he said? He said one of, he, when he had his kids, he actually got married and has kids, okay? And uh, he said, one of the saddest things was, I couldn't hug my child, okay? Can you imagine how sad, I mean, some of you guys are parents. Can you imagine that, that sadness that comes with it? But, he said this, he said, but I could be hugged by him. I could be hugged by him. So you see how, again, circumstances, very, very difficult, and yet, because of his, again, mental fortitude or spiritual fortitude that he has, he's able to overcome his difficult situation. Does that make sense? He actually jokes around. If you guys look carefully right here, he has like, he called what he called, basically he has a, he has foot, but he calls them flip, flippers, flappers or something like that, okay? By the way, if you go on YouTube you're, and watch like one of his speech, you'll be like crying the whole time. It's just so, again, it's like such difficult circumstance, and yet he's like, God is still good. Okay? Now, this is what he's talking about when it's talking about the shield of faith. When Satan attacks you, when suffering comes, the way to deal with it is, again, when circumstances happen, the way to defend yourself is through mental or spiritual fortitude, which is what we call faith. Okay? Now, I want, to, I want to show you guys two different ways. There's more ways than this, but two different ways that I think Satan attacks us physically, but not only that, really messes with our, our spiritual mentality. Because again, if you can mentally shake somebody, okay, then you could, it doesn't matter the circumstance. Even the smallest thing, you can shake them, then they'll, just, they'll be destroyed. Okay? This, I think these are the two things that normally happens to a lot of Christians when Satan attacks. 
Okay, the first thing is when Satan attacks you, when bad things happen, he basically attacks God's character. He basically tells you God doesn't love you. Okay, if, if God loved you, why would he let you go through all of this suffering? He surely must not care about you. Right? He doesn't know what he's doing. Right? He must have forgotten you. He's protecting all these other people. But how about you? And, he, and then Satan, he tells you, look at all the stuff that you've been doing for God. You've been going to church for this long. You've been faithful. All your friends have left, but you're still going. Oh, look how much money or time you've invested. Oh, you're a deacon or an elder. Or you're this kind of person. If you're not a religious person, then uh, he's going to say, look, look at the good things that you're doing. Look how kind you are. Look how helpful you are. Okay? You're not as bad as that other person. And yet, God allowed these suffering in your life. So what happens? What happens? You collapse. You collapse. You have no faith in God anymore, right? You collapse because you go, oh, that's right. God is not a very good God after all. God must not care about me. Okay? So Satan throws suffering and troubles our way. And then, not just say, you, I'm going to give you hardship, but not only that, he attacks us mentally and say, God doesn't care. And if you actually read the book of Job, that's exactly what we see with Job. In the beginning, he says, I'm going to praise God's name. God, God gave me all these things. God took it away. I'll still praise him. And we all go, oh, Job is great. But if you continue to read on to what he's saying, he starts getting really bitter towards God. And starts indirectly saying things to God. Saying, God is not a good God. God is not fair. God is not righteous. I've been a good person. And he's not treating me the way I should be treated. Why is he allowing these things? So that's one of the ways he gets to us. Okay? The second thing is using our emotions. When suffering happens, when bad things happen, do we feel good? Do we go, yay! Today I got fired. Let me tell everybody on social media. No. We get really, really down. And then again, for us, living in the 21st century, feeling is God to us, right? Feeling is everything. I feel love. Then you love that. I don't, sorry, I don't feel love towards you anymore. So what do we do? We go, oh, that means I cannot fake it anymore, right? So for us, living in 21st century, feeling is everything. Feeling determines everything. And so what happens when we're going through suffering and trial? Do we feel God? No, we don't. So again, Satan attacks us. He's not with you, you see? If he's with you, you would feel good. If you're a good person, you should feel like reading the Bible. You should feel like praying. But you don't. So therefore, you're not a good Christian. You're not a good person. God's not near you. God doesn't care about you. Why? You don't feel him. So again, God, Satan throws difficult circumstances, but not only different, difficult circumstances physically, he messes with us emotionally and mentally and spiritually. 
So he really attacks everything. And you see? And this is what the arrow flame of arrow is. Is what does what does a why what's the difference between just the arrow and the flame of arrow? Just arrow just gets in, that's it. But what does flame do? It spreads. And that's what Satan wants to do. He, he, he attacks these so that it spreads to all of the parts of our body. So he might attack us physically, but it's going to run us down emotionally and spiritually as well. And this is what he does. Okay. But Paul says we need to put on the, again, what is it? Shield of faith. How is the shield of faith going to help us? Now, first, let's define what faith means first. The, we're going to go over a biblical definition, which is this. Hebrew, this is from Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. If you see it, that's not faith. Hope is something we hope for and something that we cannot see. This is very, very important. Okay? Another person put it like this. <clears throat> Hope is not just positivity, like false positivity. Okay? Just for, just, let's just think positive just for the sake of thinking positive, not that, okay? The Christian hope is much more than that. Okay? It is rather a deep understanding that there is always more to see beyond my current circumstances. Okay? That's what real hope, real faith is. Yeah, I don't see the current circumstances correctly. There must be something more. So what does the shield of faith do? So again, we, I talked about it two different ways. Satan attacks you. First thing he says, God doesn't love you because of this circumstance. And so what does the shield of faith do? Shield of faith goes, I don't know why God allowed this. I don't know why Satan is attacking me. But I still know that God is a good God. That God still knows what He's doing. Do I see that in front of me? No, I don't. In front of me, what I see is destruction, chaos, and disorder. But again, faith, hope is, I have to see beyond the circumstance, my current circumstance. That's what faith is. It's not just seeing what's in front of me. It's seeing beyond that. And to say, God has been faithful and good to me in the past. And so even though in my current circumstance of difficulty and suffering, that doesn't change. God is still good. God is still a good God. Okay? Again, that takes faith. If we, you know, the, uh, we're going to sing the song later again, uh, our theme song. In there it says, even when the manna doesn't come. Okay, that means even... If I feel like the current circumstances, it's not working out, I'm still going to believe. I'm still going to hold on to God. That's what faith of shield is. So same thing with our emotions as well. We have to understand. Okay, feelings are not necessarily a bad thing. But if you go, if you live your life by feelings, which a lot of us do, sadly, is, again, feelings are not the best indicators of our level of faith or the closest of Jesus. Okay? For example... Okay? I, I encourage all of you guys to watch drama until 3 a.m. this morning and eat lamyun while you're doing it. Okay? All of you guys are going to end, you have to wake up 6 a.m. in the morning or something. I don't know. Okay? Do you think you'll feel good? You think you'll go, wow, that's a great day today. Okay? God really loves me. Do you think you'll have that feeling? Absolutely not. 
you guys are going to be really tired. You're going to feel really bloated. You're not going to feel very good. But again, does that change the fact that God still loves you? God still cares about you? Absolutely not. That's the only difference between someone who has faith and who doesn't have faith. Okay? Again, let's go back to this person. The only difference between this person and my person is not just their circumstances. Okay, we might have different circumstances. Okay? But the real difference is for him, he says, I don't have legs and arms here. But God still has a purpose for my life. That I can still speak to people. I can still speak hope to people. That I can still bring positivity to people's lives. That I can still remind people that God is good. You see, he's not just looking at the mirror, right? He's looking beyond the mirror. And he's saying, yes, my circumstance is not the best here. But trust me, one day I will be running. One day I'll be able to hug my son and daughter. He's looking beyond his circumstances. Do you think he feels good about waking up in the morning? What, you think he just feels better than the rest of us? Absolutely not. No, he chooses to say, my emotions are not everything. Again, that's what putting on the shield is. It's not just about circumstances, but it's a mentality shift to say, I'm not going to look at the current circumstances and judge God. God knows what he's doing. If God allowed this, then there must be a reason. Even if I don't feel God, even if I don't feel like praying, even if I don't feel like reading the Bible, I'm still going to be faithful. And I'm still going to continue on. Because God is a good God. Uh, again, that's what it means to put on the shield. Do you guys remember there's a story when um, Jesus is with his disciples, but Jesus is very tired from doing ministry the whole day. They're on a boat, and he falls asleep. Do you guys remember that story? And there's a large storm that comes. And the disciples are dead scared. Jesus stands, you know, they're like, do you know what they say to Jesus? They say, you don't care about us. Don't you care that we're going to die? So again, it's about, again, that's, this is what we do, right? God doesn't care about us. You're right here and you're sleeping. How can you not love us? How can you allow these things to happen to us? And do you remember what Jesus said when he, after he calmed the storm? He says, where's your faith? Okay. He's saying, how come you're not putting a shield on? You say to me that I am this big God. Then how come you're not actualizing this belief that you have? How come you're not living by the things that you're proclaiming? If you say that I am the king of the universe, I, I created the whole universe, what are you scared of? What are you scared of? That this wind is going to get you? Oh, you're scared of death? Why? I have become victory over death. So again, that's what it means to put on the shield. And he's saying, where are your shield? Okay, don't just talk about your shield. When you're going through difficult circumstances, put them on. Put them on. And say, because I have faith in God, not in my circumstances, not in what's going on, I have faith in what God is going to do. I have faith in who God is. Therefore, I'm going to be okay. Even all the arrows come, I'm okay. 
God still loves me. God still cares. Uh, one, one more thing before uh, I finish. Um, a lot of us, I think, really struggle with this concept of we feel like we don't have enough faith. Okay? Some, we, we look at like a person like that, we go, oh, he has so much faith, like, like quantity, you know? And I have this tiny little amount of faith. But do you remember what Jesus said? Jesus says, even if you have, what, faith of a mustard seed, you'll be able to... So it's, we have to think about this, okay? I'm, I'm gonna put you, I'm gonna give you guys a statement and I'll explain it after. It doesn't matter how strong your faith is. It doesn't matter the quantity of your faith. What matters is how strong the object of your faith is. Okay, I'll explain more, okay? I'll explain more, but this is really important. It doesn't matter how strong your faith is, it matters how strong the object of your faith is. Okay? So let's say you have a shield. Oh, I should have prepared this before. Oh, I actually do. Okay. So let's say I have this paper, and I go, this is my shield. Okay? Satan's going to attack me. And I have 100,000% faith that this paper will protect me. Okay? Does it matter? Doesn't matter that I have hundred thousand uh, percent faith. I have sure certainty. I am very, very certain that this is going to protect me. Doesn't matter. No, because this is not strong enough to protect me. So it doesn't matter how much faith I have. Okay, but let's say, <clears throat> just pretend this is bigger. Okay, okay. Pretend this is like um, you know Cavalier, and it's like you know stuff like that. Okay, it's, pretend it's really, really big. But I have zip, I have like one percent faith. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to protect me or not. It doesn't matter how much percent of faith that I have on this Cavalier shield. No, because this Cavalier shield itself is strong. And so because of that, even if I have 1% faith, it's going to protect me. So again, it doesn't matter how strong my faith is. Oh, do I, percent, do I believe 100%? No, as long as you believe 1%. As long as you're willing to use that shield, then you're going to be okay. Why? Because God is our shield. God is strong enough. The problem a lot of times in our lives is that we've been using, in our lives, we use a lot of paper shields. We have a lot of faith in a lot of stuff. We got faith in our relationships. We got faith in our money. We got faith in ourselves, our talents, our skills, our looks. And we go, yeah, Satan, do your best. I got this. I'm strong enough. You know, Mama, I'm, do you know how resilient I am? Do you know about my skills that I have? Do you know how much money I have? And we use our, we are so confident in our paper shield. But the Bible tells us, no, none of these things we're going to stand up to. The only way for us to stand up to Satan and his attacks when difficult circumstances come is when we use the shield of God. Again, he's calling to every single one of us Christians here. He says, you could talk about this shield all the time, but where is it? How come you're not using it? On the cross of Jesus, Jesus did not have any shield. He did not even have any clothes. He was stripped of all everything. 
he went through the ultimate vulnerability, ultimate insecurity. He received all of that, all the hatred, all the storms of life, all the difficulty, all the attacks of Satan. Why? So that you and I, we could be deserved the way Jesus is deserved. So that we can hold on to this shield of God. So that we could be protected. So where is your armor? Where is your shield? We all have it in front of us. For us, it's to pick it up and to actualize it. To say, even when difficulty throws, even when, again, Satan attacks, there's peace, there's calmness. Satan will attack you this week. Will you use your paper shield or will you use the shield of God?